0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Uh, we are in the middle of a series called The Garden. I've got it right this time. And uh, we are looking at this idea that God has a wonderful, wonderful plan for us. The thing about looking at the garden in Genesis is that Genesis means beginnings um, and you know have you ever heard that phrase begin how you mean to carry on start how you mean to finish it's kind of exactly what God has done and we can learn so much from what God wants for us today by looking at how he started it all and so for the last couple of weeks Greg's been speaking about the garden and I am going to try and speak helpfully today as well we When we first moved into our house about four years ago, we've got a lovely place, we're so grateful to God, uh, we inherited um, a wonderful garden with it. Now, this was a garden that was, I guess, designed and established many, many years ago. Um, You know, it takes time to establish a garden properly. And when we moved into our lovely house, we inherited a fantastic garden. Um, needless to say as time has gone on it doesn't look as good as it used to <laughs> simply because I haven't been getting out into the garden enough okay and uh, so I'm going to try and paint a picture for you right now uh, uh, it's not what my garden looks like now because it looks a bit better but imagine a couple of years without much effort going into it and I cut the lawn every now and again but we we have a scenario where Uh, bushes and shrubs have grown out of all proportion, okay? And uh, in the flower beds, the brambles are partying like no one's business. They are, they remind me of triffids. Have you ever seen the film The Day of the Triffids? These things are evil, man. They grow, they don't grow in the space between plants, they just grow through everything and reach around everything and take over. I'm telling you, the devil... They belong to the devil, okay? And then there's all sorts of other weeds in the garden. Um, You know, normally you have your lawn and then you have the edge of your flower bed. That's kind of a grey area right now. The grass kind of grows into the flower beds and doesn't really get cut uh, when I mow the lawn because it's too far into the flower beds. Um, There are a few big trees around the garden. Have you seen those uh, those trees that drop like helicopter seeds? They have obviously landed in my garden in places and I didn't notice because I have trees growing out of my flower beds now. My lawn is full of dandelions. The rabbit loves the dandelions, but they don't look good in the lawn. We have this gravel pathway which has been beautifully set into the garden. It kind of runs across the back of the house and then you walk out the back door and there's a circle with a nice big willow in the middle. Well, at one point, that gravel almost looked like the flower beds, with weeds growing up through the... um. My point that I'm trying to make is, you know, when they first put the garden in, they had an idea of what they wanted, and they put the effort in. They designed it, and then they put the effort in to establish it. But you know what happens when you don't maintain a thing? It falls into chaos. And that's pretty much what's happened to our garden. And I... I just want to say I'm on a mission now that summer has come to take my garden back for Jesus okay and I'm starting to put more time into my garden and do you know what I'm starting to feel a little bit encouraged because I feel like I'm gaining ground and it's starting to look a lot more like it was designed to look my point really that I'm trying to make today is that you know in life the default setting is chaos And I think my garden is a perfect illustration of what's happened in the world. Left to our own devices, we have fallen into chaos and destruction. Where the original order was in place and has been neglected, we look around us, guys. Look at the news. Just see what happens when God is not involved. Amen. There was an order that was set in place at the beginning of time that was broken with Adam and Eve. It wasn't just about the sinfulness in our hearts. It included the earth as well. The earth is broken. Um, And without intervention, we're going to go one way. That's the reality of it. And the essence of my talk today, if you remember one thing is that like I am the solution to the order in my garden, we are the solution to the chaos in the world. You and me. Not some special people. Every single one of us is responsible for bringing God's order back into the earth. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 1, just a few verses. Uh, It'll go up on the screen as well. Thank you very much. And this is what it said. Listen very carefully. I'm going to take a lot of time to talk about one verse today, but it's going to be important to look at the words so that you understand who you are. I'm going to be talking about our spiritual DNA, what we were wired for. Okay, it says, then God said, let us Obviously, God is speaking to himself and the Spirit and Jesus at the same time. He said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Listen to the reason why. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock, over all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So they must have thought that was a good idea because they got on with it. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now listen, this is the verse I want to talk about for the rest of today. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Other versions say multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over every living creature that moves on the ground as i said i want to take some time to look at verse 28 today but before i do i want to talk about this idea of our spiritual dna and i'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this but i want you to think in terms of the three letters d n a all right d we're going to be talking a lot about design god's design how he's designed the earth how he's designed you. Okay? You were designed. Let me just declare it nice and clear. You are not haphazard. You didn't creep out of a muddy pond. It wasn't some haphazard, astoundingly lucky happening. It was purposeful. It was thought out. It was deliberate. You were designed. Okay? The second has to do with this idea of nurture. God has nurtured this thing through all of time. So we've took... A moment to have a look right at the beginning with Adam and Eve, and this idea didn't change when Adam and Eve fell. God has maintained this idea of who we are and what we're called to do throughout the scriptures and I want to show you another couple of places. Do you remember in Genesis uh, when God was so upset with the state of mankind on the earth that he destroyed all life on earth with the flood except for Noah and his family and number of creatures you remember the story about the ark right when the waters subsided and the ark settled god re-established this commission that he'd given to adam and eve okay in genesis chapter 8 it says um from verse 22 as long as the earth endures seed time and harvest cold and heat summer and winter day and night will never cease And in verse 9, it says, then God, listen to the words, exactly the same, God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. So he said that to Adam and Eve when he created man and woman. And then sometime down the line, it all went horribly wrong and God tried to reset the scale. Uh, He wiped out mankind. And with Noah and his family, he was going to say, let's do it again. Let's try again, everyone. And the commission came to Noah and his family exactly the same as it did with Adam and Eve, right? God nurtured this idea from Adam and Eve through Noah. And then when we read, and it's a scripture that we love to read in the New Testament, and we believe it with all of our hearts, in Matthew chapter 28... It says, um, in verse 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said... Now, the words are slightly different, but you'll understand the, the intention is exactly the same. All authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus said, has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. That's the great commission to mankind, to all believers, to continue to do the thing that God has been saying, first to Adam and Eve, then to Noah, and to us now. Can you see that God designed this thing? He had this idea that he's been nurturing through all of time with us. Amen? And A stands for appoint. It's what you and I have been appointed to. When you think about your DNA as a person, it is the minuscule strands that has all the information that make up exactly who you are. And this is our spiritual DNA, running through everything that we do and express as believers on the earth and through the church and in our lives is the fact that we were designed for it. It's an idea that God has never given up on or changed. And he's appointed us still to be the ones to carry it out. Are we happy so far? Yeah. That plan didn't change at the fall. Okay? It didn't change. It's still the same. And it stays the same through all time. And I want to be clear today that this is not just a physical realm. Like saying to Adam and Eve, right guys, you're the only two people in the whole world. You Go and, go and make some babies and fill up the whole world. It applies on a physical level. Remember Greg said last week, this idea that at that time when there was no sin, uh, the physical and the spiritual were inseparable. There was perfection going on right there. And then at the fall there was a rip, right? The, the plan didn't change, but our relationship and the way we relate to God changed, right? And Jesus is the answer to fix that problem, but our DNA hasn't changed, We've just had the same start and the same finish. We've just taken a different route. Does that make sense? So that applies to our physical lives. Yes, we're called to multiply and increase. But everything that we talk about today applies to the spiritual life of us. All right. So when there's a physical context, there's a spiritual application exactly. And that carries on from beginning to end. So let's go back now to our scripture in verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1. God says, it says, sorry, that God blessed them. Why did God bless Adam and Eve before he told them what he wanted them to do? What does that word bless mean? I want to just give you an idea today and help you understand that word. How many of you know that there's a new prime minister in England? Right? Theresa May is now the prime minister. And for her to officially become part or to take on that role, she had to go... Before the Queen and kiss the hand, as they say. A ceremony where she kneels before the Queen and the Queen bestows upon her the authority to be the Prime Minister. Okay? Happy days. She doesn't just get appointed, there's part of the process where she has to go before the Queen and the Queen bestows that authority. Right before she comes there, old David Cameron has gone in and he's resigned and he's given his resignation to the Queen. But then she comes in and she is appointed as the Prime Minister. This idea of all the things that God has called us to is preceded by the fact that we are blessed by God. You are blessed with authority. Remember in Matthew 28, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go. What he's saying is, I'm giving you my authority. Without his authority, we're just taking a walk okay when his blessing is on us we carry the authority and the power of God to do the thing that we were designed to do we need his blessing that's why we need to stay under his authority amen if you're living outside of the authority of God in your life you're putting yourself outside of the balance and you're vulnerable amen you're on your own in a sense That's why we always, as best as we can, need to draw ourselves in under the authority of God on a daily basis. That's my first point. You're blessed with the authority of the living God. He's authorized you and he's deputized you. You can put on your cowboy hat and your cowboy boots and you're ready for go, right? The second point uh, tells us that He said to them, be fruitful and increase. Now, a few years ago, um, I got to take a trip back to Africa. And while I was there, uh, we were doing some outreach uh, in a very rural area. And we were on a playing field um, and surrounded all around us with these big baobab trees. Now, if you're from Africa, you know what a baobab tree is. It's like iconic. You know, when you see the silhouette of an African skyline, you see the baobab. It's often called the upside down tree. It looks like it got pulled out the ground and plonked back in upside down, right? And so I wandered over to one of these and on the floor were some old fruit from the tree and lots of these baobab seeds. And on a separate side, now, I just felt like God said to me, I need to take one of these home for each of our family. And because of this particular reason, inside this seed, inside the DNA is multiple baobab trees. The potential inside of here is unlimited right there is fruit in here and there is increase you pop this seed in the ground a baobab tree is going to grow that baobab tree is going to get fruit and drop more seeds and so it goes on the potential is right there in this tiny little thing massive trees and massive potential inside of you like this seed is massive potential for fruitfulness and increase God has designed you to be fruitful right like he said to Adam the fruit of your loins you're gonna have children etc there was that kind of a fruitfulness and this fruitfulness applies to all areas of our lives in in the workplace God has empowered us and blessed us to be fruitful and efficient and productive amen fruitfulness is God's design as believers we have spiritual fruit that we're called to produce amen and the Bible talks about the fact that when there are trees that are unproductive and they're not producing any fruit what did Jesus do he cut it down it's no good for anything so the point I'm trying to make is you were made for fruit Okay. Remember when uh, God created the garden and he said to Adam and Eve, you can eat from any tree in the garden except for the tree of life. Right. What is fruit for? It's for food. God has called you to be so fruitful that people can feed off of you. You're a source of nourishment in the spirit for the world and for unbelieving people and for believing people. You know, we gather here on a Sunday, uh, the fruit that we produce and the gifts that we have and not for our own satisfaction. What is it for? For each other, for building the church, for increasing the kingdom. That's how God is calling us to be fruitful. Now, the fact is, you are being fruitful, whether you realize it or not. And my challenge for us today is, what kind of fruit are you producing amen is it godly fruit is it part of the solution is it helpful is it uplifting or are you part of the problem in the way that you're living right now are you sitting stagnant that's not God's will for your life you're called to be fruitful to grow where you're planted until God moves you somewhere else does that make sense So we are pointed to be fruitful. And the Bible says we're called to increase. You know, when you drop that little seed in the ground, it never comes back one for one. Amen? It's explosive multiplication. How many seeds could a baobab tree produce in its lifetime when it can be hundreds of years old? Just think about it. God is calling us to increase in every area of our lives. That's the economy of God. Amen? The application that I want to make for us today is that God is calling you, like he's calling me, to create increase in a spiritual way in terms of other people being saved. You are called to multiply yourself in others, not a select few people who get labeled an evangelist. You and I, all of us, in the way that we are equipped to, with the the help of the Holy Spirit and the strength that he gives us and the wisdom that he gives, we're called to replicate a work of God having taken place in our lives in other people. You're called to lead people to Jesus. Amen. Now some of you are struggling with that idea right now. Some of you are feeling pretty excited about that idea. Some of you are like, not me. That's the devil right now talking to your heart. Let me just be clear, very clear. The devil's way is chaos. God's way is order. And his kingdom, the Bible says, he's going to increase his kingdom. There'll be no end to it. You and I are the vehicle by which the gospel goes out. So you're called to be fruitful and you're called to increase. Amen. Are we happy? The Bible goes on to say, fill the Garden of Eden. Does it say that? no okay did you realize that Adam and Eve were not called to stay in the garden I don't know why I always had this picture that they never left the garden that they were made for the garden and they lived in the garden but I actually realized this week they had access in and out of the garden from the start the only thing that changed at the fall they couldn't get back in amen I don't believe that Adam and Eve stayed in the garden always I believe that they went out beyond the borders of the Garden of Eden. That's quite a profound thing I've just said right now. Okay. They're called to expansion, to going out to the rest of the world. Amen. Can you see it? Can I tell you what fallen thinking looks like? And we've adopted this in many ways, subtle sometimes i like me here i like my buds i like the crowd where i'm at i'm scared of what's out there i'm not going out there i'm staying here i'm staying local i'm comfortable right now that folks is fallen thinking from the start god said to adam and eve get out there the whole earth fill the earth physically, and reach the earth spiritually, is what it's saying, to the ends of the earth. You and I are not called to stay. Some of us will, but our eyes have to be lifted beyond Jersey. Amen? Beyond St. Helia, even. Okay? Some will stay, some will build here, but we can't keep our eyes fixed here. We have to be up and looking all the time and going into the unknown. That's godly thinking. Into the void, into the breach, out there where there's nothing assured, where you don't know what the answers are going to be or what it looks like, but God is with me. Jesus said, lo, I am with you. Amen. To the end of the age. We're called to fill the earth. My fifth point uh, is this word of subdue. This word subdue starts to now come into the territory of ringing some bells for us because some of us might be guilty of thinking this sounds like a bit of an extremist idea, you know, violence and force, but actually there's a part for it in the kingdom of God, amen? And I want to be very clear to you today and how I define this. Uh, That word subdue means to make subservient And it implies an element of force. Now, I'm going to take you back to my garden. Imagine you're in my garden right now. The weeds are having a whale of a time. How am I going to get the weeds out? Am I going to pray and ask that they stop? Is that going to work? No. I have to put some nice thick gloves on my hands. I have to arm myself with a pair of secateurs and I have to climb into that flower bed amongst the thorns and start cutting those bad boys out, okay? And I can tell you it's hard work. It's not easy. But that's the only way you're gonna get the weeds out and restore the order that was supposed to be there in the first place. God is calling you and I to reestablish his presence and his order in the earth. And we're called to go out there and pull up the weeds. Amen. In the way that we live our lives and the example that we set in the words that we speak, the life that we bring, setting the captives free in the name of Jesus. Matthew 11:12 says, "And from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. How many of you know that there is not a quiet and inactive devil out in the world. He's busy. One thing he cannot be accused of is taking a day off and being lazy. He is busy. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. That's what the Bible says. He wants to physically damage you and mutilate you. And he wants your soul to be destroyed, your spirit, sorry. He wants you to be destroyed, to come with him to hell. And he spends every moment of his existence trying to make that happen. Does he play fair? No. Does he keep to the rules? Is he kind? He's not. He is out to do as much destruction to the kingdom of God and to us as he possibly can. Now we can sit back and hope that he's going to stop. But I want to tell you it's not going to happen. You and I have to get busy. We have to take the fight to him. The Bible says that uh, the f- uh, heaven suffers violence. And it goes on to say, and the violent take it by force. Meaning you and I take the ground back for Jesus by force. That means we need to learn how to pray like people who are dangerous. Do you know what I'm saying? Not praying... Calm, gentle, inept prayers, but having some gumption inside of us. Because you know what? Eternity is affected by our prayers. No one comes into the kingdom of God without someone praying for them to get saved. I promise you that right now. You're not sitting here today by chance. I can guarantee at least one person has been praying fervently for you. And you and I need to be the same we need to take the authority that God has given us and we need to show the devil who's boss. We don't ask him to withdraw. We take authority over him and we cast him out of that garden. Amen. And in the way that we live in the earth, we need to be gregarious people. Amen. We need to be people who are bold, who are courageous, who are not afraid. Fear is not God's plan for you it's the weapon of the devil to stop you from being effective for him so if there's fear in your life you need to go to the lord and show him why and you need to ask people help you overcome fear because fear is not god's plan for you you need to be filled with courage know who you are know that god is with you that god is for you that god's giving you everything that you need to succeed and be effective in the earth that's you but he's lying to you all the time and anytime you feel fear of failing Of inadequacy and you look at yourself in the mirror and you say that's not me you're believing the lie and that's not what God wants for you God's called us to subdue where and how does that happen that happens everywhere where the devil has his feet we get violent with the devil wherever he has his feet and when we establish the kingdom of God in that place or the kingdom of God gets established in someone's heart he gets pushed back. That's what we're called to do. We don't fight each other. We understand who's behind all of it. And in the name of Jesus, we let love be the thing that wins. Amen. That's what is so beautiful about the gospel. We don't shoot people, we don't cut them up, we don't run them over with a bus because they believe something different to us. We have a heart that beats with love and compassion for every soul. True love always wins. And that is the greatest weapon that you and I have. It might mean that we get nailed to a cross, but true love always wins, amen. We're called to subdue the earth, and my last point, is to rule over it. You were made to rule. You were made to sit over and to govern on behalf of the Lord. We're not the feet or the tail. The Bible says we're the head. God has designed us to rule with him over his kingdom, to, um, to, uh, to Extend his kingdom on his behalf. Amen. We are kings with him in that sense. He's the great king. And he's caused us to be the ones who are called to subdue and rule over the earth. As long as the earth endures, that's our role. And so I want to leave it there today. I want you to think about the design God has designed this whole thing. I want you to remember how He's nurtured this thing all through time, and I want you to understand that He has appointed you. You, every single one of you sat here. He's blessed you, He's caused you to be He wants you to be fruitful and increase. He wants you to fill the earth with His gospel. He wants you to subdue the work of the enemy and he wants you to reign with him for all time. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.